a listener welcome to the 7th episode of yours concisely the know it all in no time at all podcast i am your host pg and today i am delighted to launch the manchester united subset of my podcast and i have named it to united with love in association with the united grid all the episodes in this series will be available in the video format on the official instagram handle of the united grid and in here we intend to speak upon all things man united and uh, do pardon us for being biased sometimes anyways to kick things off on this very special episode i have with me five of the most die hard man united fans that i personally know of initially we had plans to have seven people on this seventh special episode yet sadly it looks like my podcast isn't that popular yet and we had to make do with the five in here including me yet i don't regret a bit because i can assure you that this was the episode that i enjoyed making the most up till now lots of opinions views and hotly debatable topics were on show and that is what makes this episode a joy to hear so if you are a football fanatic or a true mancunian at heart you will love this episode and before we start off with the proceedings i would like to clear the fact that we are mere fans and supporters who love football as a game and we are no pundits appearing in the television broadcasts of the football games and hence we may sound foolish to you at times but i would request you to excuse us on that kindly and due to the lockdown a few of the videos in here especially the initial few in this series will be shot over video call and hence i would like to apologize to you for the errors in the audio anyways without further ado let's jump into it and set the ball rolling and hope you love what's coming up so a very warm welcome to all of you both my audience and my guests for this seven special episode of yours concisely know it all in no time at all podcast hope all of you are in the best of health and spirits let me introduce to you my guests for today first of all we have yash gupta this fellow is my roommate from college and he splits his time between sweets and football possessing a first touch that is as good as romelu lukaku's he has the personality of cristiano ronaldo the chocolate boy and the eyes of quite a few of the opposite gender and he too has been a real madrid and a man united fan since his days at goodison park next of all we have novaron roy he is my junior from college and he is like one mata amongst his friends and seniors alike he is always happy jolly and he's always a person who can light up your day with his humor and words just like our very own spanish magician who is the nicest man in football he is a well informed die hard man united fan since childhood and the person who was most excited for this united special episode next we have zoheb 
a Mancunian by heart, Zuhaib is also very well informed and a well researched individual as is evident from his videos on his YouTube channel which goes by the name Zuhaib Saigal. You can go and check it out, you won't be disappointed. I got to know about him from a Man United fan club and I knew instantly that I would love this guy to be on this special episode. He embodies the calm and confident personality of Anemania Matic and he looks a lot like Daniel James. However, according to sources, his heart lies with Raul Jimenez. Next up, we have Salman. Salman too is a die-hard Man United fan. You can check out his page on Insta, which goes by the name of the United Grid. And Salman is a harsh critique who is never shy of criticizing Man United players if they perform badly. Because that is what United is all about, isn't it? And lastly, about me. Since the time I have known about football, I feel I have had my heart tattooed with the United Devil on it. I have had but love for this one club and will do so for the rest of my existence. A false optimist at times, I have received a lot of flack too many a times from my friends. Yet I have stood firm in the belief that we will one day again reach the heights where we, that we had attained under Sir Alex. And I would consider to myself to personify Ryan Giggs. Okay, with that, you know, we'll begin with the questions. I hope no one found, had any offense with any of the introductions. I hope. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. No, no, no. Okay. It was so good. Can I, how, can I, yeah. how can I be not flattered if you compare my first place to Lukaku? Exactly. Which is very, which is mine to Kwan Mata. Exactly. Which is a very, uh, which is a very honest opinion in in my uh, in my opinion. It's a very honest statement to make because anyone who sees you play will admit that yeah. you have a first touch with that of like that of Lukaku. Anyways. So let's jump into the first, uh, you know, like question for today. Yeah, who according to you is Man United's greatest number seven? So we'll start off with Salman. Salman, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear you. Come on. Yeah. Hi, so Robin. according, yeah. Thank you. And by the way, I'd like to thank you for inviting me to. Talk about a mutual love for United and you know join the fellow Reds and having. I hope it's a very, it will be a very good conversation yeah, yeah, in the sure, future. Sure. sure, sure. Anyway, without much further ado, uh, I, I'll say that the greatest number seven to don on the shirt of the iconic number seven shirt of Manchester United, in my opinion, is the king of course Eric Cantona. Yeah. Because everyone talks about that you know great team of the class of '92, but even if you ask those players like such as guy. Neville or some other players who were involved in that era, they will say that you know, without Cantona, they wouldn't win, go on to win the things that they did go on to win because you know, that era, that presence that he had on the pitch. And in my opinion, the players that you know don't have much to show in terms of stats but still are considered as legends and you know, world class players of the game, so they have a different level of respect in my eyes. And Cantona is the epitome of that, you know, those type of players. Yeah. So I think Eric Cantona is the greatest number seven. Yeah. And you can, and you know, even put put it down to him to, you know, he changed the fortune of Manchester United as a club as a whole, and you know, started that winning mentality 
and being a nice for you since you know getting vip treatment from sir alex goes on to show what a special player he was yeah sure sure and you know i'll mirror your opinion by telling that our king eric is indeed the uh, best you know man, uh, like man united number 7 uh, in my opinion as well and although he has had a very poor disciplinary record throughout much of his career uh, including that very infamous 8 month uh, you know uh, suspension that he received for kung fu kicking that spectator on his face with that guy really deserve yet i feel a personality like his uh, you know is a person who has you know mancunian blood running through his veins and a badass personality like him you know is indeed uh, the need of any team in the modern day game as well like of course uh, as you said and uh, as far as stats go like uh, he ended his career with i think uh, four premier league titles right over his five years uh, over which he was at united and along with that uh, he it also won the fa cup double so that's quite an impressive uh, stat for a five year old uh, uh, I, uh, yeah that's true but what i meant was that his goal scoring record isn't as prolific as the players that are currently playing such as yeah. you know the greats of the game so exactly. I, I, what i meant was his goal scoring stats yeah, not, not sure, his career sure. stats you know the trophies yeah, yeah. of course on all accounts so in those terms he wasn't as prolific as you would like him to be but still he's regarded as a great and you know one of the best players of that to dawn on the undoubtedly so, undoubtedly and you know i would yeah. uh, and i you know completely mirror your view as well he too is the best number 7 according to me anyways moving on uh, yash what's your opinion on on united's greatest number 7 uh, i think united's uh, best number 7 to you know like uh, where the famous red jersey would be alex and alex santos no no oh. i'm just kidding i'm just kidding oh. i'm just kidding it has it has definitely got to be cristiano ronaldo according to me oh. because since you know that uh, signing for united as a 17 year old in 2003 and then you know a failed young kid bursting into the english premier league getting tackled getting bullied by the defenders and then you know slowly and steadily building himself up uh, um, Uh, sharing his room with the uh, greats and then you know slowly and steadily being a regular starter at 18 17 years of age and you know at 19 years of age there was this one infamous incident where he took on theory on this arsenal and he scored two goals so yeah. you know that shows a lot of temperament for a 18 year old guy and then after that you know during his uh, ballon d'or winning season like he he did remarkable i mean it, it's really incomparable uh, according to me in the recent family given if you take uh, the uh, past few seasons i think that this was the best individual season according to me the year that ronaldo won the ballon d'or as a united yeah. player because uh, you know scoring 30 31 goals and you know before that also he used to play as a left midfielder not as a out and out winger Uh, so you know creating so many that amount of goals uh, is quite yeah is indeed quite yeah. a feat Scoring so many from that position is like it's a feat in itself, and you know the flamboyance which we had. You know he used to take on players that infamous dribbling when they were winning against Arsenal. You know that 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 that's what Manchester United is all about, flamboyance. Yeah. So I think he uh, personifies that uh, spirit. Indeed, yeah, and it and it you know must have taken a lot for a person to impress Sir Alex. in one game, in that one uh, you know like match against sporting lisbon in which yeah, yeah, sir alex yeah. was absolutely flabbergasted at you know yeah. this young boy running rings around legends like you know vidic and ferdinand a very good choice and a very popular choice yeah. as well 
moving on um novarun what's your opinion on united's greatest number 7 okay so see this is probably one of the most debatable questions among us united fans um obviously we are not talking about a recent number 7s um that would be a waste of time yeah <laughs> so see if, uh, in see in terms of individual talent um you need to we have we had players like george best and of course the cristiano ronaldo but uh, in terms of effect that a single player had on an entire on a big team like united we have to consider players like eric cantona but the player i choose as the best number 7 united have ever had is bran robson um so according to me it can be an unpopular opinion but that is just the way it is so uh why is brian robson the best united number 7 uh, a few day a few months back i was watching a match it was the 1984 uefa cup winners cup between barcelona and manchester united it was in 1984 so uh, sir alex ferguson was not in the scene back then it was ron atkinson who was a manager yeah. and uh in the first leg uh the uh, united had like been defeated by barcelona 2-0 so uh, in the second leg was at old trafford and back at that time barcelona was captained by a certain diego maradona i i'm sure you guys know who he is and so yeah we were we were trailing 2-0 and after that uh, like uh, normally what happens if a team is like winning 2-0 then they have a confidence right they, uh, that we will like Uh, get over this it, it is an easy task now mm-hmm. but for barcelona they knew there was a certain player named brand robson in the heart of the midfield a proper box to box midfielder who could turn the entire game and he actually did that in like the entire game he scored two goals and had a brilliant game uh, in which united finally won 3-0 and the aggregate score was 3-2 so united had like overturned the tie and they won 3-2 so uh, it was not just about how he scored two goals it was about how he bossed the entire game he was like the man of the match and uh, he was so good that even roy keane took inspiration from that match uh, for that uh, historic performance that he had against juventus for that uh, victory en route to a treble yeah 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 so this is uh, this this is what like this was considered to be one of the best performances by a player in a united shirt by the veteran fans leave alone us the veteran fans considered this to be one of the greatest performances yeah and that's quite uh, about, quite about, a quite a well researched and you know a quite a nice uh, like you know a perspective on a legendary united number 7 okay and uh, what i would like to add about like brand robson is that brand robson was the bridge between ron atkinson and sir alex ferguson like we had a banter era in the 9 in the 70s and the 80s we all know that we liverpool were at the peak back then yeah. and so brand robson is the one who set the path to our success like our team back then wasn't good okay it was it was like below par but brand robson was that shining star among that entire 11 playing 11 to like take the entire team ahead and that is the reason why i think he's our best ever number 7 okay and that too he played in a you know like in a period where supposedly 
a team you know which only attains peaks after a 30 year span that team was supposed to i don't want to name that team i want to name that team especially on this episode but probably that team was at its peak then you know when this person called robson played was yeah quite a nice opinion moving on zoheb you would like to enlighten us as to who according yeah. to you is the greatest number number 7 of united yeah i can sit here and very easily claim that georgie best was our you know was the greatest uh, number 7 but to be very honest i have never seen him play no one over here has seen him play to be very honest uh, yeah. so i've heard a lot about the busby babes but we haven't really seen him play the same thing i can say about eric cantona as a 16 year old i never saw him play at his peak and the same thing about david beckham as well what i have seen though is cristiano ronaldo and wayne rooney the the epic partnership between them and i've seen how crucial ronaldo was for us during the 2008 9 season when we won the champions league and how prolific he was so as a person who has only seen cristiano ronaldo play at his peak wearing the number 7 shirt personally in my opinion cristiano ronaldo has to be the greatest number 7 for united okay okay and as i told uh, you know i mirror salman in the fact that i believe eric cantona if not for anything you know he perfectly embodied what alex ferguson standard for you know like stood for uh, excuse me you know like uh, all that arrogance and you know all that flair and aggression that that you know a manager can embody through a player that is all what eric cantona stood for so and according to me hence you know eric cantona but you know all of uh, like i loved everyone's opinion as well you know and then like how very well uh, everyone's choice was also explained anyways moving on uh, now uh, uh, we'll do uh, a thing called you know the best uh, man united seven a side team okay so that includes you know past and present players obviously so i'll just start off you know like so that you have you guys have a clear perspective on this so with a seven a side team i would like to keep a formation of apart from the pers- uh, apart from the goalie obviously i would like to keep a formation of 3 2 1 in the defense two in the mid and you know one forward so in the goal you know again a very unpopular opinion i'm sorry about it but i would like to have david de gea you know i know i get a lot of uh, yeah for it uh, based on his recent performances but i feel he saved us you know innumerable times during our you know that transition we are obviously still in transition but that period between 2011 and you know today when uh, united were bang on you know like uh, average side uh, his saves you know kept us um, in the phase somewhat you know kept us relevant that's why i would keep him in goal in defense i would obviously you know uh, not think twice but keep in widich uh, for ferdinand and i have watched clips of yapstam as well so you know they would make my back three for me in the middle of the park obviously like not exactly the middle of the park but just because it's a seven side team i would have uh, cristiano ronaldo and uh, wayne rooney and as a center forward i would you know love to keep eric cantona or you know zlatan ibrahimovic you know zlatan ibrahimovic uh, impact you know had a massive impact for us <clears throat> in the one complete season that he played obviously you know scoring 28 goals and then you know helping us in the in a path to where you know like uh, to win the three trophies that we did if you consider the community shield to be a trophy that too i'm not you know just as a very opt- i am you know optimist and i consider the community shield to be a very valid trophy and hence i feel you know zlatan should make up the you know um, person who is in front or you know i can also go for eric cantona 
Anyways, uh, Navarun, what do you think uh, should be your like United Seven SI team? So we need to have like the formation you choose, or can I have my own formation? No, no, you can have your own formation. You can have free. So I'm I'm playing with two at the back, three in midfield, and a and a lone striker. Okay. Okay. So uh, my goalkeeper is. Uh, like obviously David De Gea. I know there are people who say that Peter Schmeichel should be there, but David De Gea alone, like in the th- even in the 2017-18 period, he was phenomenal. Okay, he was like the best goalkeeper in the world, yeah. and he saved us single-handedly. There is exactly. like uh, there should be like no no comparison to David De Gea with any other present goalkeepers. Not on recent form, obviously he's down now. But overall, I mean, the, all the crop of goalkeepers that we have right now, David De Gea is the best. Yeah. So I'm going with David De Gea in goal. And okay. at the center of my uh, uh, my two center backs will obviously be Vidic and Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in my uh, midfield three on the left, I'll keep obviously Ryan Giggs. Yeah. Uh, on on my right will be Cristiano Ronaldo. Who I I know it's a tough call because uh, many of the people have seen Cristiano Ronaldo running to the left and in the center, but Cristiano Ronaldo does excel on the right too. Yeah. So I have kept Cristiano Ronaldo on the right. On the center of midfield is Brian Robson. I couldn't like I had many cha- options to go for Roy Keane, for Paul Scholes. I know, but I went for Brian Robson because okay. I have seen clips of that player and I know what. Influence he had on this club, and hence Brian Robson. Okay, okay. And like, uh, and in strike, I obviously have Wayne Rooney because he's my favorite player. There's no one better than Wayne Rooney. Okay, that's quite a powerful lineup. Uh, Yash, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'll also go with the two-three-one uh, formation. From starting from the goalkeeping uh, position, sorry, I, I wouldn't keep David De Gea. They're just totally based on this season, and I got to be Edwin Brandesart because oh. you know, like uh, in the five two thousand five to two thousand ten era, he was at literally at the peak. He was a match of the Champions League final, which we won. So you know that that sticks quite a lot in in which your stars like Paul Scholes, Giggs. It's Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, you know, grabbing man of the match award is it's quite a big, big yeah. thing in that period. So in goalkeeping, definitely Van der Sar. and two at the back has got to be uh, uh, Rio Ferdinand and uh, Jabstam. Jabstam, okay. you know, proved his metal in Italy too. So you know, I've got to, I've got to give it to him because you know, playing in Italy and you know, proving himself as a defender over there, I've got to yeah. especially in a, especially and in an era with. The, uh, where you know AC like the Milan teams were you know at the peak of the defensive uh, capabilities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that yeah, requires iconic some, iconic uh, Milan side. Yeah. That requires some metal. Yeah. And then so, in the mid. So in the mid I'll in the mid I'll, I can't resist but keeping the pairing of Giggs and Scholes. I mean Giggs Scholes and uh, on the uh, left escort to be Ronaldo. Because uh, Giggs scores uh, calm, cool, and then Ronaldo on the wings with the pace, you know, like uh, it's, it's, it's like it's the dream anybody could have ever achieved, which we had for 2007 8 and the 6 7 season. And then uh, in, the, in my striker department, I would uh, definitely go with uh, Wayne Rooney because who else than a, a United legend uh, in his own right and you know, like, uh, scoring so many 
goals and you know the year in year out and even after ronaldo left so so alex was just you know like uh, kept the only two guys we really early final like and it's like it it was not it was it was even literally the same side with finish seven so Okay, okay. Yeah, well, that 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 uh, is a team, you know, which Manchester City could have been proud of any day. Anyways, uh, moving on, Salman, do you want to have a go? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so as far as my seven aside goes, I'll just reciprocate your formation. That is three, two, one, barring the goalkeeper. And my goalkeeping choice will also reciprocate that of Yash, I believe, who okay. said that he is keeping Van de Sar as the safe choice. I think out of all the goalkeepers, it is the most unorthodox choice, if I may say so, because and and I'm just keeping because of you know sentimental values and sentimental reasoning because he just makes me reminisce of the times that we used to win all the a lot of trophies, and he was the you know the number one goalkeeper at that time. and now don't get me wrong he's also a very great good goalkeeper but just because of those reasons i am keeping him as the uh, as the goalkeeper and now coming to the back three i'll keep uh, rio and vidic and yapstam because yapstam was a different beast in himself because i think selling him was one of the biggest mistakes of sir alex if not yeah. the biggest one because he was a completely beast of a player and i think that's a pretty solid defense coming back to the midfield i'll keep david beckham and ryan giggs because that's just how my mind works even i'm trying to incorporate tactics into this seven side as well and i think they can play as well if not better in in the center of the midfield as as they did terrorizing those defenders down the wings so i think they'd be you know equally capable of playing in the center of the midfield as well and up front yeah. of course the king himself eric cantona yeah. because you know what what else can i say that i haven't said before so exactly. yeah that's my team wow that's quite a team you know and uh, maybe 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 sometimes you know teams you know winning winning the premier league once in you know uh, three decades you know can learn something in fact you know can learn a lot from teams like this you can talk better about that because they are playing Yeah, your voices are not at all uh, discernible on on any accounts. Actually, like it's absolutely uh, actually that I think that's what happens when you know, like someone Hello. speaks. Uh, I think that is, yes, I know, but I think that is what happens when someone speaks. You know, in favor of that team. You know, the team who I don't want, which you know, I don't want to. Name. <laughs> I think that's you know, that that's when the voices don't get heard. Anyways, uh, moving on, moving on. Uh, so, how do you rate, you know, this past season? You know, like Ole's first season in charge. How do you like to rate it? Uh, uh, Zoheb, would you like to kick off proceedings? Would you like to fire about this season? Yeah, yeah. So, when Ole was appointed as the the permanent manager, I was really skeptical, just because I didn't trust him because he hasn't, you know, he didn't have experience at the top level. Yes, he was the manager of Cardiff City, but you know managing you know cardiff city is completely different completely yeah. different from managing a club like manchester united and that to the fact that he got relegated with cardiff exactly. city so i was really skeptical when he was appointed as a permanent manager 
and let's not forget that when he actually got appointed as the permanent manager our form you know deteriorated horrendously and then we kept on losing games it was all downhill uh, for the remaining of the season but then this season i think he has made a very good comeback i you know i still don't trust him 100% and i think salman will agree with me because i've said this a lot of times to him uh, but how this season went for us the way we you know we came back to the third position despite having a poor first start i think that is good um you know you can say that the season we are just but, but then you know that there are a lot of other fact you know let's not forget that we've defeated we did the double over city in the league this season we actually defeated them thrice in the entire season uh, yeah. we played very well against the top 6 teams so you know keeping all those things in mind i think oli has done a really good job at this club and um, if he gets the signings that he need uh, that he needs then i think he'll do a much better job and i'm looking forward to the next season yeah and you know like uh, with olegona shoisha there's also you know uh, like a united born and bred uh, you know like a personality who has come into the like who's you know gotten hold of the reins at the club which is also very essential and uh, obviously you know you, you also have to got to lord his signings you know that he made obviously you know in bruno fernandes now uh, like i could go on you know speaking volumes about that guy but you know it is uh, this person you know like uh, ole whose tenacity you know like uh, was the sole reason behind him coming to this club after you know th- we were chasing this captain of you know we were exporting this one for three full transfer windows and on top of that i have also got to give him a lot of credit for you know rejuvenating anthony marshall's uh, you know like uh, career if i may say because uh, you know from being labeled as uh, like when uh, he was bought in by i think you know louis van hal in uh, 2020 14 uh, he was you know like the most expensive teenager of that time but you know the uh, the way he was uh, given you know like the way united was criticized after that yeah, yeah. you know it was tremendous and uh, you know you have to give it to olaguna shoisha you know to uh, rejuvenate this player and make him into a complete beast and i feel i feel you know like that me this may be unpopular opinion but uh, i don't understand why people you know compare rashford with marshall because you know rashford is a good player i know but he is not as technically gifted you know he, maybe rashford has a ceiling of you know like uh, or a potential which is much lesser than that of marshall in in my opinion so uh, ole also needs to you know be, be given credit for uh, marshall's rejuvenation as well and uh, i am also very unsure about you know his future as united manager obviously but uh, i'm very i'm very expecting because he's a young manager of course and you know, i'm very excited for the next season as well anyways uh, what has uh, you know, yash got to say about this yash i'm all yours uh, uh this season this season obviously started uh, like uh, very like not so good for us very shaky we drew a lot of matches but i have got to hand into ole to like make use of luke shaw in the best possible way because uh, just like uh, luke shaw was bought in he was labeled he was a costliest teenager in the english uh, premier league of yeah. of english heritage and then uh, you know like he was labeled as a flop and then he had that horrendous injury which forced him out for like 8 months or something like that and then you know to make a comeback and literally he put in a lot of uh, shifts day in day out 
helping us in the back and with the attack as well he has improved a lot going forward so i've got to hand it to him for the man management which ole has and that positivity which oozes out from his press conference is, is really commendable exactly. and like the, this season this season you know like uh, fan boys can keep on crying about the var and the penalties but you get penalties only if you play attacking exactly. football exactly you have got to be in the opponent's box exactly so, and you've also got to have, and you've also got no like also uh, got to have players you know who have the ability to finish the, uh, those penalties right which you know uh, yeah exactly uh, and bruno has a 100% record so. record yeah he's he's absolutely impeccable anyways uh, moving on uh, oh i think nobarun got disconnected yeah. uh, anyways uh, uh, salman what's your uh, assessment of this season uh this season as a whole i would say that it's definitely an improvement to when he was an interim manager because when jose was sacked for me it was a natural step forward to picking the next manager because you see david boys we picked him because he was you know well proven in the premier league and i apologize already for mentioning moise in this podcast I, i'm sure <laughs> a lot of moods have been spoiled already because i mentioned that name but after that we signed uh louis van hal and he was proven you know worldwide in europe as well he won the champions league with ajax i believe and then we actually signed a manager who had actually you know proven in the premier league by winning it too mm. so i think the on, next of next step forward was only to sign a manager who actually knows about the club the tradition of the club how this club is supposed to you know work the you know every cog and machinery of this club he knows how it works he knows what it means to play for this club so i think that was the natural step forward and considering this season i think sure i don't know about you all but i, I for sure i'm not dreading you know waking up uh, to see every friday press conference jose marino taking a dig at you know new, a new united player yeah you know, or the, on another team or another manager yeah. seeing you know which player is he having a bust up with in the training yeah. training ground or the dressing room so i i for sure i'm not dreading all those days and yeah. you see the the way he talks about the players he he'd rather put himself under scrutiny instead of you know pushing the player and you know criticizing the player in front of the media because exactly. then the media has a media frenzy feeding frenzy because of that player mm-hmm. so i think all, all these comparisons with you know norwegian pe teacher and all that you know all this is just to uh, from the rival fans to make themselves feel better about it but i think he's doing a tremendous job and as far as zohef said i can definitely vouch for him when he said that you know he was skeptical about uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer getting this job because he he would rather have had Mourinho at that time, but I'm sure his mind has changed now after his antics at Tottenham. Exactly, and uh, uh, one more very important choice I don't know like you know who should get the credit for it is you know keeping uh, Mike Feeler you know bringing in Mike Feeler and Michael Carrick in the backroom staff as well. That is you know to a stroke of masterclass because they too are you know like uh, they know United inside out. you know having someone like them in place of a person like you know uh, rui faria i think uh, was the name of that you know like uh, mourinho's assistant as far as you know i, I remember uh, and see uh, mourinho did win us uh, trophies obviously but uh, the release phenomenon which led us to you know that that uh, uh, like constant wins you know like a streak of 10 matches on the trot after he was gone and you know ole came in that was most probably a false dawn to be very honest but uh, now i'm very you know confident that um, we are you know in uh, course for a bright future ahead and uh, nobarun thank god you joined us uh, so what's your opinion yeah. so sorry i had a error loot yeah but i would 
before before nobody um, joins in i just like to mention something you know like uh, when jose mourinho was sacked i was this guy zoomed and you know like uh, the day he was appointed uh, prabhud uh, uh, was telling me in the morning that you know yes that i had a tingling that you know ole would be appointed because like i don't know there's something about that guy it like he kept on popping in my mind so i, I don't, I don't I think know. that ole will be appointed exactly and, you know, and, and i am not even lying i'm very honest i don't know why you know from two or three you know because uh, you haven't you you know like we hadn't even read about this guy in the newspapers before all that you know like uh, manager like you know pochettino yeah, were linked to united you know once uh, so i don't know why but very honestly this guy's name you know kept on popping inside my head i don't know what is that you know i don't know if i was delusional but very honestly speaking i did have ole gunnar solskjaer's name coming inside my mind a very good thing that he pointed it out you know i didn't know what it what you know it was for but whatever you know it was for i'm lucky that you know ed woodward and the glazers also thought the same and you know brought him inside you know into united and uh, look we have you know achieved a lot we have come out for a change they did at least something good yeah novarun uh, novarun what's your assessment about this season okay so when uh, olegona solskjaer was appointed he had no expectations the main objective i guess that he had was to take us through the season so that we could appoint a new new manager next season yeah but he had no expectations but the thing that he did was he proved the doubters wrong there were his doubters i myself was a was his doubter that he wasn't the man to take us forward but he proved us all wrong and we know that but after he was appointed permanently we saw the massive dip in form i still remember the huddersfield game which we drew i i guess it was the last game week or the penultimate game week i don't remember but after drawing that game and huddersfield were at the bottom of the league then okay yeah. and uh, after drawing that game i remember saying it to one of my friends that bro this guy is not go- is not the guy to take us forward we did a massive we did a huge mistake by appointing him and is he's not the guy to like lead us forward and this season at the beginning too like this season was a proper roller coaster i'm not going to lie this season was a proper roller coaster we were horrible in the beginning uh the pinnacle of our season was like uh, there was this interview after that newcastle game where uh, david de gea was asked about the united squad and how they were playing and he was like totally quiet and just said that yeah this is the worst united atmosphere that he has seen since he has arrived and mind you he has seen managers like sir alex ferguson david moyes louis van hal and jose mourinho to say a word like this is the worst atmosphere this phrase this like really like shakes you like yeah. it's so deep hits you hard on your face but yeah exactly <laughs> but uh, it all changed after we brought someone known as bruno fernandes oh god i can like keep talking about him i like won't even stop i love him so much like he changed the entire look of this club uh, i would like to like uh, say that i've never seen someone have such a quick and such a massive impact on a club and that too coming from a league that is not even considered among the european top 5 leagues to come from a league like that and to have such a massive impact on this club a club with the stature of manchester united that's huge mm-hmm. and uh on the other side like uh we have been like talking about how bad like uh, ole was at the beginning and how he how he still has many doubters and there are people who think that he's not the guy going forward we have had some positives like uh we have 
ten goals this season, and we still have like we play and we have final. But we have scored hundred and ten goals this season, and this is always first season in charge, first full season in charge. That's massive. And we have conceded, we have conceded just a meager forty nine goals in all competitions. Yeah. And with that, we have uh, I think we have kept twenty seven clean sheets, which is the most in Europe. Uh, uh, followed by I guess PSG. We have the most clean sheets, so you can like think of the massive improvement that that guy has brought. And along with that, I would like to add that uh, the signings that he has made. We have had three managers since Sir Alex Ferguson. The signings that those managers have made, they were a hit and miss. So mm. sometimes you're signing a good player, and the maximum the maximum chances are the player's bad. Like the player has a good like the player has a good caliber, but he's not United material. And we have seen that. But all his signings, like the likes of uh, Aaron Van Bissaka, Harry Maguire, and even Dan James. I know Dan James is like there are people who don't rate Dan James, but Dan James is still raw. Okay, so I'll accept it. And Bruno Fernandes is like the player under him. So if if someone is like signing these good players, and uh, and along with that, Ole knows the club inside out. He has played at this club for so long, and he has also been a coach. Under Sir Alex Ferguson, he was the forward coach, and then uh, uh, so this season uh, we we are playing a th- we play we, this is a third semi final this season. So we have been to three semi finals and we finished third. So I think that's a good enough season to build on. But we need to keep in mind that uh, we need to build on this because the clubs above us are our targets. We need exactly. to pull them down, and we need to be in that first position because we are united. We always should be number one. Yeah. Um. The final thing which I would like to say about uh, how Ole has like taken to it is like I don't still think that he's the best manager to take us forward. I still think that we'll. Like at, at the end, we'll turn to somebody like Mauricio Pochettino or even Nagelsmann. You never know. Nagelsmann mm-hmm. is also a good manager. <clears throat> but he is like the best transitional manager we could ever have. Like look at look at the team that we have during the during the uh, uh, periods of like Jose Mourinho, LVG. They had so much dead wood. And look at our squad now. It's like they're all gone. The likes of uh, Mor Fellaini, yeah. um, then Smalling. Valencia, who were like just, uh, they were not playing. We all know that they were so bad. They and we like kept, kept, we kept them. We didn't sell them. But what, what Ole has done is, is making sure that the club gets cleared of this deadwood, and we bring in youth. We bring in players from Carrington, and we make yeah, sure that these clear. players. This is one, this is one more uh, very good uh, point. I, I, as far as I know, Ole has given, you know, like uh, debuts to as many youngsters as, as uh, you know, like. Uh, Bobby Robson, the Matt Busby. Uh, yeah, the the Busby Babes did. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's quite a, you know, another uh, you know proof of the fact that he is what you know Manchester United is all about, and we can unanimously yeah. agree, you know, to the fact that we don't know very honestly what the future holds because uh, nothing in this world of football is is very certain. But you know, uh, we are very proud and you know thankful of Ole, you know, uh, because he has. Guided us through this very murky phase after Mourinho had, you know, like probably left the uh, mindsets in the club, you know, as to you know, like a rock bottom. Very honestly speaking, and then you know, coming in and bringing all that, uh, you know, motivation, happiness, you know, is quite a big achievement. And as far as Bruno Fernandes goes, um, I believe that 
apart from his on field performances and the way his influence matters i've also read a lot about his personal uh, disciplined lifestyle that he follows you know where he's not about flashy cars and you know uh, bentleys and rolls royces all that he owns is a mini cooper and you know what um, uh, mini you know people are proud of that person you know who is humble is simple but you know has and the um, one more thing that is to be noted is that whenever i don't know if anyone has noticed or not uh, bruno is very self self critical of himself whenever he misses any chances or you know he's, he flouts any like uh, you know like uh, he like you know miss passes or you know shoots yes. strongly he's very critical of himself as well i i have noticed that which i didn't find in players like you know that person you know who played a piano you know and played his piano to 40 14 million bucks i think and then you know thank we are very thankful you know that we had finally got gotten rid of him anyways moving on to our last part of this you know wonderful very interesting and knowledgeable uh, you know episode is that what aspirations do we have for our next season okay uh, zoheb hello zoheb yeah 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 ha ha yeah i can hear you so my expectations from next season depends upon the signings we make now it you know it it will be a different squad if we make good signings and that would you know be the basis of my expectations now if we sign just jaden sancho then i don't think we'll be you know the strongest team in the premier league we still there are other areas which we need some rec- new recruitments now we need a defender too not just jaden sancho and a midfielder like jack creelish the one which you know he's he's been linked to us for a long time now so if we make good signings if we make these signings then i think next season we should you know finish in the top 3 i don't i, I won't say that we would be competing for the title because as everyone said we are still in the transition phase right now and you know let's let's not get too excited and think that we'll win the yeah. title next season we can we still can we still can it's not like we won't be able to but there are less chances and i will be really happy with the top 3 finish i would i would love it if we win the fa cup next season because that you know we need a major trophy we need a major trophy and uh, we should reach at least the quarter finals of the champions league you know yeah. at least the quarter finals if we get knocked out in the round of 16 itself then that would be a huge disappointment now that's that's if we make good signings if we don't make good signings if we don't end up signing sancho and i don't think uh, you know the, these reports lately are suggesting that uh, you know there have been some um, you know some problems in the deal so it it looks likely that we'll sign him but if we don't then i won't i i won't have high expectations from us next season okay yeah and as far as signing goes uh, one more problem is that uh, for example in this season uh, like uh, if uh, i consider today's game I, i i probably think we'll be playing 62 games straight you know and our season had started more than one year back so with that you know uh, as is very evident from united's games right now there's a lot of fatigue as well there's a lot of fatigue which is affecting the consistency of the team so the squad depth will come into play in this case very obviously no so uh, and uh, personally i feel that you know we are not yet meant you know to be title challengers next season but yes as you correctly said the cups you know the, the capital one cup or the fa cup can be a very big you know stepping stone towards our you know future years and uh, yeah realistically a quarter final in the champ you know quarter final uh, up to the quarter finals is maybe you know is what we are realistically looking at you know next season 
uh, especially if United is able to pull off the signings, which of course includes, you know, uh, Jaden Sancho. Um, and of course, I know that uh, his transfer is taking too long because obviously it will be the biggest transfer in, you know, uh, in, in uh, the transfer market right now, you know, uh, in the world as far as it is, you know, it is concerned. And hence, I think it will take time, but United will pull it off. But I also think there are a lot of other departments as you know in which united should consider strengthening as well so concentrating completely on pulling off the jaden sancho deal and you know not uh, putting emphasis on defense because of course you know, you've seen in games where maguire is not always very consistent you know we're still very doubtful of him although he's a he's an 80, 80, 80 million signing lindelof has come up you know matured you know like come of age quite well very honestly so according to me I feel that you know signings are will go a long way into you know, strengthening the squad, and obviously, as we also uh, uh, we are obviously very encouraging of uh, Ole bringing in youngsters like Teden Mengi and you know like uh, Brandon Williams, of course, who are excellent players. And uh, hence, I feel I'm very excited for the next season. And with the likes of Chelsea and City, you know, already pouncing into the transfer market and buying players, I think we should, you know, quicken up our transfer proceedings because the transfer market ends in October. And that's that's what my opinion is. Anyways, uh, Salman, what's your uh, hopes for next season? See, according to me, I think we should at least reciprocate coming third also next season, but actually be closer to challenging for the title. Now, I'm not saying that we should go and go for the title next season, but at least be closer to challenging for it. Because uh, the point, the points that we had, the total points were, you know, actually not very good. So at least we can be closer to the top two teams if need be. And I'm not going to, you know, talk about and speculate about the cup games because the cup games, you know, depend a lot on the form that you're going into those games and the amount of injuries you have before those games, prior to those games. So I think the priority right now and something that is inexcusable is where you finish up on the league because that is inexcusable. It's not over a, a knockout game, you know, it's not a one-off game that uh, you can't finish in the top four or the top two or wherever, wherever you aspire to finish in. Mm-hmm. But I think the priority right now is where you finish in the league and how you finish in the league. And speaking of transfers, I think I'm running out of superlative for Oli because these were the exactly the type of players that were needed and required for this team. And they, it's not like they, they were warming the bench. They went straight into this team. And sure, there were some starting level decisions that Ole could have been more innovative and more creative about. But that's how you learn. Now, keep in mind that we were playing with Lingard and Pereira for the greater part of the first half of the season. Oh, of I'd like to see Pep or Klopp do that and exactly. get results. Okay. So, sure, our, even our style of play is not one that deserves a lot of plaudits or is the most exciting, as some might say, like it is of Klopp's or Pep's. But over the recent months, I think there has definitely been progression. And unlike his predecessors, all his predecessors, we've actually started to play in a certain way. We actually have a style of play that I can say, yeah, this is how United play. Because I couldn't pinpoint how we used to play under Jose or LVG. Exactly. So trophies are also, you know, part and parcel of the game. That's why we are going for the Europa League. But we'll get them in due time. We just have to trust the process and we have to trust the manager and this team. Because it's a young team after all. And one very uh, important thing that you pointed out about, you know, we are playing with Lingard and Pereira throughout the most of the season. I feel the uh, with the advent of Bruno Fernandes, uh, the marginalization of Scott McTominay and Fred is somewhat you know, like unfair to them, provided that, you know, they too have put in their shifts, you know, in a very, very good manner. 
before the obviously Bruno Fernandez era, quote unquote. That is, you know, my opinion, and uh, very well said. Of of course, you know, you two are very expectant, and uh, we hope for you know good uh, better things to come. And anyway, moving on, Yash, what are your hopes for the next season? See, the only thing which uh, is separating us right now from a top four finish and challenging for the uh, champion, uh, like that title, is squad depth. And like uh, we need, we need a squad depth going into crunch points in the season. And like just take into example this season, Mason Greenwood is a makeshift right wing. Is not a right winger per se. Yeah. Is an actually a striker. So you know, like uh, we need to. Uh, and like uh, Lindelof, I don't know why he gets so much flack, you know, for uh, a centre back. He puts in decent shifts, and the fact that he is an 80 million pound defender is not his fault. It's because United overpaid slightly for him. Yeah. So like uh, you know, the criticism which he gets is very unfair according to me. And he's he's not an 80 million pound defender. That's that's true. But that doesn't mean that he is like a bad defender. No, like, no, he no. Is, he is Premier League uh, material. And uh, you know, like we need to strengthen on three departments. According to me, four would have been good. Estevanovic is a very uh, 17-year-old uh, Serbian, which we just uh, purchased. Yeah. He's a winger, I guess, and he he'll be sent on loan most probably. So I just uh, need the three departments to be you know like uh, improved upon. Uh, right wing, right winger, obviously, Jaden Sancho saga. I don't know if Jadon Sancho is coming or if United are going for Kingsley Coman or Dembele. I've got no idea. Oh, uh, I just is... wish they, they don't uh, go for Dembele. Especially not in case yeah, of Jadon Sancho. My God. I, I wish to. I wish to. But, but Dortmund are very stubborn. Dortmund wouldn't let him go for anything. Less but, Michael Zork, but Michael um, Zork, very honestly, but Michael Zork has been a prick in, you know, in case of big transfers as we have seen in the past as well. He had also commented on, you know, Usman yeah, Dembele yeah, yeah. not, uh, you know, leaving the quote-unquote club for the next season, and then you end up selling, selling, selling him for one yeah, yeah. million to Barcelona. We know how but the problem with, but the problem with the Jadon Sancho according to that Sancho doesn't is not dying to join United. He is in a very good case himself, and his club is also like one of the best in Germany, if not uh, one of the best in the world, if not the. One of the best in Germany, and like he's earning quite handsomely, so he's not like dying to come to United. But uh, the only thing is like it's it's really up to Woodward and to splash in the money which Dortmund are asking. And the second point, the second department which need working upon is a centre back. It's definitely a centre back because uh, I don't know because uh, you know like some some uh, centre back need rest. You need some centre backs to start the FA Cup games. You need some centre backs to start the uh, EFL Cup. You can't, uh, you know, like go in with Maguire and Lindelof day in day out, three days of, well, three matches a week. So uh, the centre back uh, department needs a, a signing and uh, definitely a midfielder because you know I have seen the post lockdown matches like Bruno Fernandes matches where Bruno Fernandes is off, United are off. There is no one to actually pick up the team. Bruno Fernandes is the only guy, you know, if he's an off day, United is an off day. Like, it can't be the case. You can't be too dependent on just one single person. So you have got to go with a player like Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish is like, like the, you know, he carried Aston Villa single-heartedly throughout the season. Saved them from relegation. So like he would be quite an addition. 
and like uh, i like i love his style of play so if united you know go if united make three transfers this window and like improve center back and attacking mid and a right winger uh, i would i wouldn't be sure like i wouldn't be surprised if we, if we challenge for the title uh, next season okay. but we need three signings at least Okay. First of all, I would like to mirror everyone's opinion here, who are like absolutely outstanding in the analysis. And what I would like to say is, San- signing Sancho is not enough. Ed Woodward needs to realize that the San- signing Sancho is not enough. We need to fill all the holes that we have in our team. and that includes having a central defensive midfielder because let's face the truth how many more seasons is nice going to play there and like don't have that for now but i don't think they have the metal to be a first team like first team cdm for united and so we should look for a cdm and along with that we should be definitely looking for a central midfielder because at the moment after bruno fernandes and paul pogba we literally don't have anyone and i please for god's sake i don't want to see pereira and lingard in that first team anymore i'm like done with them so you guys were talking about jack grilish and what i was thinking is uh, arsen villa right now want 80 million for jack grilish if i'm not wrong and which i think is overpriced uh, because of the fact yeah because of the fact that he's english so there is some english bias there obviously so i think we should like widen our horizon and look for other players what i chose as my like dream central midfield signing would be donny van de beek yeah. because van de beek is so versatile that he can chip in for both bruno fernandes and pogba because he can play in the double pivot and he can also play as a central attacking midfielder so donny is brilliant against barcelona we have seen that and he's available for 30 million only if i'm not wrong so and that uh, something for tiago yeah. so you said that uh, we should get tiago but uh, i saw an article i saw a lot of articles right now say, stating that he has already signed a four year contract with liverpool and he has also purchased the house in mercy side so he's going to liverpool i guess i really wanted him but i guess the deal is done so we'll yeah, miss that out would be a him. good signing but yeah if you are missing him then then i'll go for like yeah, donny van de beek but Yeah, but then again, the article you saw is probably from Sky Sports, and they are as reliable as the Indian news. So I don't think you should really look into it. <laughs> yeah, but Thiago to United won't really be a realistic signing because we aren't really linked with him. So I don't know, like, that, I'd, like, I would, I'd love to have him. I'd love to have him though. I would like to. I would like in chip in that you know, like Thiago is a very proven player and the, one of the best. uh that uh, there is in the game but the thing is that he is like aged like he's 30 i guess 29 or 30 29 years old yeah. so you know yeah. like uh, i'm very skeptical about the age thing because like splashing in 30 million after the post covid era for a player who is 29 of years of age is like not not according to me is the right thing to do no see what what i think about about this situation is that you can't like go into the market and like 20 21 years old right so we don't have we won't having experience and we need experience yeah i know we are building on youth we definitely know that we have very good youngsters coming up to the ranks 
but we need experience along with it right so if we sign thiago right now like i know we are, we may not but if we sign thiago he may as well like give us three four good seasons until that we have players like uh, jimmy garner uh, levit who are like on on in route to like to the first team so i don't see any like uh, like any flaw in signing uh, thiago right now I too have read about a lot of articles, you know, linking uh, Thiago with that of Liverpool and probably a thirty million, uh, yeah, being you know, like contract being, uh, you know, terms yeah. being talked about and all. And uh, one more player, I don't know if you people remember or not, you know, was a player called Milinkovic Savic, you know, from uh, I think he plays yeah, for Lazio. Lazio, yeah, yeah. So he was also a player into consideration, you know, uh, two transfer, you know, two transfer mark seasons back. But now I don't know. I I have seen him play, or you know, on a on quite a few occasions, and he he is quite a good player. But uh, I don't know. Again, you know, he's unproven star. You know, like material in the Premier League as well. That too is a you know highly unproven. Yeah, go on. See what the thing is that uh, in the like first that. team right now. In the first team right now, we have like Bruno and Pogba. That's for sure. They are the first two midfielders that will come into our team. So at that moment, if you go and buy someone like Milinkovic Savic, who is like a very good player, but I don't think that he'll accept a bench role at like at, at an age where he's considered to be at the peak, right? He won't accept a bench role under Pogba and like Bruno. He will like think of like starting like week in week out, and that is the main reason for which I see. Uh, Players like even Jack Grealish not coming to United. Yeah, exactly. I know he's a United fan, and I know the price is set. But the bench rule is what is like the problem. Concerning, yeah, yeah. But but uh, as far as the bench rule goes, I feel that even if Sancho comes in, like either uh, Greenwood or Rashford will have to be relegated to the bench. You know, he's basically coming to provide competition. No, Greenwood will be relegated. Ah. Uh, I'm not telling who will be on. Ah, uh, exactly. Uh, anyone can get, uh, you know, like uh, move on to the bench. I feel. And, uh, anyways, let's not, you know, jump the guns. Let's hope, you know, Woodward is able to pull this uh, transfer saga off successfully for United. And you know, we are not the. But I feel, you know, like United should also consider, you know, like consider other options in transfer market, which I'm sure they are. Yeah. Now, considering that they picked up Stefanovic out of nowhere. And I hope he'll he'll be you know yeah. a good signing for the future. Anyways, with that you know uh, I think this has been quite an you know entertaining uh, session. You know with lots of opinions. Uh, I got to learn a lot. You know I can't I, winning the Premier League next season. Uh, that is like I think. Hello. I but that is a fantasy. That is totally a fantasy. Like we can win the Premier League next season, but we can actually push for the second place. So we need signing. How we finish third? It also comes down to the fact that even Chelsea and Leicester were like really poor after after that lockdown period, mm-hmm. and that like gave us the extra push to like go above. So. uh we need to make sure that that doesn't happen again we don't uh, like uh, we don't look into other teams it's all on us we are the team which uh, we love so we need to keep our form up uh so i think we need to build on this third finish correct correct 
Okay, guys. Uh, with that, I would like to you know end today's session. It has been you know quite an entertaining one for sure. You know, I personally thank you know all of you from the bottom of my heart. You know, to be able to uh, make it today. You know, given our you know lockdown routines are anyways all over the place. You know, because of the pandemic. And I'm so fortunate, you know, that uh, you all were able to turn up, and I hope you all loved it as well as much as I did. You know, and uh, as always, you know, win, lose, or tie, we are united till we die. Right? Forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like uh, before everybody leaves, before everybody leaves, I would just like to put an open question to the all the members. Like, what do you think about Dean Henderson being becoming the first choice next season? Because you know, like, I'm I'm really excited if how that to see how that pans out. That's really Dean, Dean Henderson is one of the best goalkeepers right now in the Premier League. So I'd really love to hear your opinions about that. Uh, like Zohaib, Salman, and Nagarun and Kapoor. Hey, anyways, you know, like regarding uh, very honestly speaking, regarding this goalkeeping situation, I would never want to be you know in Ole's boots right now. Because that is one quite you know a difficult decision to make that he has. That's a good headache actually. You know when you have good players with you, that's a good headache that you need to yeah. think about players. And we have yeah. Romero. I know. That, you know he Romero is arguably the best second choice goalkeeper on the planet. Right now. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Zohaib, what do you think, uh, Salman? Zohaib to think goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. I trust the hair. Because you know he's he's made a lot of mistakes, but I I I trust him and I think he will pick up his form again. But the thing is, if we don't if we don't recall Dean Henderson for this season, he'll probably look for other options as well. He doesn't. It's not you know he he knows he knows his worth. He he knows that he's you know United bond him and he knows that he's good enough to play for other teams as well. So but so the thing is. If we keep hold of the hair and not sign Henderson for let's say another year, then Dean we might lose out on Dean Henderson. Dean Henderson might go to another club. So you know, I I don't really know how we can deal with this situation. It's it's all up to Oli and whatever he does, it's it's going to be really tough for him. True, true, true. That, that's why I was yeah. I wasn't concerned about you know like this thing being a headache inside the club within itself. You know, like within itself, but you know, like who goes in and who comes out. You know, this is what. Was you know like is concerning for me actually. Now that's it. Nothing else. I I came across a report today which like said that Dean Henderson is looking forward to for a long future at United, and United are looking on to loan him for another season, which uh, and not to Sheffield to a like a different European club, which I think is the only like is the best way going forward because I guess only having one season in the Premier League doesn't prove that you are. The goalkeeper for United—that's a bit of an exaggeration, according to me. So I think he should be test tested again, and this time not only uh, for a team like Sheffield. He should go on a team which at least plays in the Europa League, so that uh, we actually get to see what Dean Henderson actually is like uh, when tested outside the league. So I guess going on another season in loan is the way going forward. But uh, I guess Dean Henderson—it's uh, it's up to Dean Henderson right now to what he yeah. chooses. Okay, and Salman. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we are pretty much on the same wavelength uh, about this issue because it's like you, all of you said, it's a headache, but it's a good headache to have if you are Ole right now because you need this kind of competition in the squad to you know improve the players' performances because they know they are looking at the back of their mind. They have that thought that if I if I don't play, if I have a bad game, 
then you know there is another person that that is there right right at the which okay. threshold to step up okay. and you know okay. take my place so and yeah like like you said he should just go go and prove to prove himself in a, in the european competitions as well because uh, playing for sheffield and playing for united is a completely different yeah. ball game the pressure you have with being a united player you know i don't think many many players will be to able to withstand that so i really think he should you know prove himself a little more correct correct before cementing that uh, number one spot correct correct okay guys uh, i would love to call it a day now it has been very 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 interesting you know very very uh, a lot of fun honestly and you know i would love to do more such episodes with with all of you you know and i hope you know with the next season coming in you know and especially with today's seven tonight semi final i'm very expectant of united i hope you know they will go on go on to win the europa league and and if and if bayern do win the champions league and we'll have a uefa super cup between no, united and uh, bayern and and hopefully you know we can all you know we can hear clive tigers the hero again shouting out the holy words and shoulder has won it yeah and shoulder has won it you know that's what i'm hoping for anyways thanks th- thanks a lot for turning up as well uh, it was a pleasure yeah. being here especially you know during this cry uh, lockdown thank you thank you thank you very much and i know i hope you had fun as well right So yeah, man. It's uh, yeah, it's a really fun chat, man. Thanks for having us, and I hope you collaborate in the future as well. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, 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 sure. So win, lose, or die, we are united till we die. With that, we'd like to sign up for today. Thank, yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for joining us, people. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah, see you. Bye bye. Bye bye.